Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today we're talking about season 7, episode 19, My Funny Valentine. Mary, what happened this week? Donna's been super depressed about pretty much everything that's been happening over the last several episodes, and not even David can cheer her up. But suddenly, Fireman Cliff reappears at her door with flowers to be like, I know we haven't talked in months, but I only want to spend Valentine's Day with you. They go on a walk to catch up, and Donna explains that she has a boyfriend now, but Cliff won't count himself out of whatever competition dating is until she's engaged. David happens to be at the beach house when Donna and Cliff get back from their walk, and he's mad that Donna can cheer up enough to go do stuff with a fireman, but not him. Donna tries to smooth things over with David during his breaks at the Pee Pads Valentine's show featuring Luther Vandross and Chloe Davis, former background singer. But the night ends with David planning to go out with uh, Luther Vandross and Chloe Davis, former background singer, and Donna agreeing to go out with Fireman Cliff tomorrow, but not telling her friends that's what she's doing. I don't even know where to start with Donna being in bed and depressed and everyone just being like, I don't understand why what we're doing doesn't work. Yeah, like the fact that Claire just comes bursting into the room. Well, we don't actually see her come bursting, but I assume she just burst into the room and is like, you need to get over this. I'm like, it is serious trauma. She it's had a been gun a pointed at her. Yeah, it's been a week. Yeah, they're like, she's like, I have one class today and I'm not going to it. And they're like, you skipped three week, three days of classes. I'm like, okay, how many did Kelly skip? Right? Like, I think we're fine. Kelly basically took an entire semester off because she had to go to summer school to make it up. Like, I don't know. It just, and it baffled me that they chose Claire as the person to be this person to do this because like, you would think her personality aligns better with somebody who's more sensitive to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Kelly originally I would think she would be more sensitive to it, but we've seen her kind of not be sensitive when we think she should be and be sensitive when she doesn't need to be. I don't know. We've just seen her a lot more up and down than Claire. With Claire, we've seen her be a lot more logical. And so she would know, like, you oh, you just need to get over this is a bad way to talk to somebody who's been through severe trauma. Yeah, and to that point... Claire does tell Donna, like, oh, hey, you really like David's therapist. Like, maybe you should try talking to him. Right. But not until after she says, well, I'm, like, as depressed as you because Steve's going golfing today. Blew my mind. I was like, Claire has the audacity to say that she's more depressed than Donna is. (laughs) Like, what? Ma'am. Like, I know golfing sucks, but, like, come on. Donna's like, I've been through a lot. It's like, yeah, a lot is an understatement here. At least your boyfriend doesn't golf. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) But, okay, so then David shows up with all these Valentine's Day gifts. Mm -hmm. And I just had this moment of, like, I wonder how many, like, teddy bears with hearts that Donna has at this point. True. He shows up with all the stereotypical stuff. He's got flowers. He's got the teddy bear. He's got chocolates. He did bring her a breakfast Danish, which is very sweet. Mm -hmm. But again, like, you know, he's trying to make Donna act like she normally acts and it's not working. And so he and Claire leave the room and are like, I don't know what to do about her. Mm -hmm. It's been a week since she was held at gunpoint and also her other stalker, like, Seriously. We can give her some time. Yeah, and, like, I can totally understand, at least from a David, 
maybe more so David than a Claire perspective of wanting to do something and feeling helpless and that you can't. Mm -hmm. Because I know for me, like even when, you know, like when I talk to my therapist, I'm very much like, I need a solution to this. I need to check this off. I, I don't, I'm not comfortable just sitting in something being shitty for a while. And so I can understand from David's perspective of like, you know, when I was at my lowest point, Donna helped me go get help in a facility and mm-hmm. have a therapist. So that was more action-based. Whereas with Donna, you know, she's, there's not really too much to do at this point other than the fact that she's still traumatized by it and, and working with a therapist would be an action, but there's really not a whole lot that they can do besides being supportive and understanding and being empathetic and things like that. So on that side, I get it. But at the same time, yeah, like there's no substitute for time here. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it just takes time. Yeah. I think like, I agree. I guess the only thing that bothers me is like, yeah, Claire's doing her whole, like, well, you have to get up with me because I'm more depressed than you because my Mm -hmm. boyfriend golfs. And then when David brings all that Valentine stuff and they call him sweet, he's like, well, if you knew how much time I was spending at the peach pit today and how much work I had to do, you'd think I was even sweeter. It's like, mm-hmm. that's a weird comment yeah. to say of like, I came out of my way to bring you presents. So you should really understand how sweet I am. Yeah. Like that's one of those things where he probably didn't mean to say it that way or I don't think he did at yeah. all, but it, it's a weird way to say it. It grated me. I was like, mm-hmm. Donna needs help. I know. It's like, okay, David, great. You're a good boyfriend. And yeah, like, I, thank you. Is that not enough? <laughs> like, well, and you know, we find out later that Donna's been really like, I guess jealous is the right word that he's been spending every waking moment with Chloe and mm-hmm. getting her stuff together. So making that comment is also just like, you don't need to remind her that like you're going out of your way to see her. So she should feel special because you're right. about to ignore her for the rest of the day because of work. Yeah. That's a good point. It's like, Actually talking about the pee pad right now is not only triggering because she doesn't feel comfortable going out right now, but also because the pee pad also means that Chloe is there and Donna's really sensitive to that. Yeah. So, man, these kids, sometimes they're so emotionally mature and other times you're like, they're still 22. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, (laughs) you're still basically a kid. Yes, exactly. Man. And, you know, he ends up leaving, presumably, basically, until we see them again. Mm-hmm. Claire is just following Donna around, being like, are you going to come do this with me? Are you going to come do this with me? You should come do this with me. Mm-hmm. And I love Donna being like, I'm not going. I have soaps to catch up God, on. God, I felt that in that moment. I was like, if I could just tell people sometimes that I just want to sit at home and watch TV, like, ugh, I would. <laughs> Right? I was like, I have so much on my DVR right now. Mm-hmm. I got to get back to it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because for some reason, Cliff Yeager shows up. He's flown presumably across the country, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was on working on that pipeline in Louisiana, I assume. I th- I may have just said Louisiana. I think it and was not Louisiana. Know- I think it was. Because yeah. I want to say like it was near the Gulf, right? Like it was had something to do with water yeah it was like oil rigging or something okay yeah 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 Yeah, i think it was oil rigging because i think the pipeline one specifically was tom in alaska or something yes Yes, i'm getting my like men that work with their hands yeah manual labor boys like mixed up (laughs) the manual labor boys yeah the new hot name i call it (laughs) 
But I mean, I get why Donna is so excited to see him. Like yeah. even on just a weird like psychological level, she probably doesn't understand. He's a firefighter. He can protect her. Oh yeah. That's what Donna wants. We've talked about that. She's yeah. very into the like the lunch pail guy. Mm-hmm. You know, very much like works with his hands, takes care of others, like that sort of thing. And you know, while we understand how she's attracted to David these days and we understand that there's a lot of history there, yeah. She's way more excited about Cliff for probably more reasons than just who and how she's attracted to people. Well, and let's think like, you know, David was like you know, you'd be really excited if you knew how much work I had to do before, like, that Mm -hmm. I came here. And then Cliff is like, I flew across the country because it's Valentine's Day and I couldn't imagine spending this day with anyone but you. Like, are you serious? (laughs) I'd be like, David who? Yeah, I'm sorry. A boyfriend? Oh, Uh, right. Do I have a boyfriend? (laughs) I don't know. Oh, man. I mean, she does literally, like, the next scene is her being like, oh, my God, I should have said this earlier. I have a boyfriend. But... Like we just said, that probably went straight out of our head. She was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. you're here for me. Exactly. And and especially then because, like, you know, there's two schools of thought on the whole, quote, unquote, chase that men do for women. You know, obviously, if a woman says no, you do not chase her anymore. Um, but in this sense, he's like, well, you're not engaged, so I still feel like I would have a chance. Now, I do appreciate that he encourages her to still go be with her boyfriend on Valentine's Day. But tomorrow, I'm going to call you. You know, like, I want to spend time with you. So, and Donna's, like, still welcoming it. She's mm-hmm. not saying, no, don't call me. Exactly. I think if she had said, no, I'm not comfortable with this, he would have left. Agreed. Like, we saw Cliff in two episodes, and yet I feel like I know him. And I'm like, he would do that. Yeah, right? I'm like, solid. Like, Cliff, what a good boy, that boy. You know who would really like him? I just had this thought. Um, And maybe because there was a character in Dawson's Creek named Cliff. Um, But Grams. Grams would love Cliff Yeager. Oh, Grams would be, like, trying to push him into the he should be like yeah just come here come do this oh have you met my granddaughter jennifer jennifer come here grams (laughs) but then she'd be like oh hi yeah she she would be into it until he was too good Mm -hmm. she needs that bad boy streak yeah because then she would be like you know you're too good for me yeah i am not there for you oh my god yeah she would have imposter syndrome like crazy anyway donna doesn't have that like i Mm -hmm. do feel like donna would not get bored and would not think she's not or think she's undeserving of cliff's affection um i just appreciate that he's not he's doing everything she wants him to Mm -hmm. you know i just remembered the really weird camping date they had (laughs) it was so weird it was so weird and very unclear to me so unclear Ugh. but yeah no i love that he says like look you do your thing but i'm gonna call you and like He's basically opening up saying like, yeah, if you pick up the phone, I know I have a chance. Right. And the fact that they have this conversation and then they continue spending more of the day together Mm -hmm. because later on, I guess David gets a break from the pee pad and he stops by the beach apartment to see Donna and see how she's feeling and Kelly and Claire have to keep like trying to stop him. They're like, don't go in there. And I thought when they said don't go in there that Donna was in there with Cliff. Agree. Yep. But then they say she's not there. And he's like, oh, my God, she got up. She got out of bed. And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, for fresh air. 
They are very bad at lying to him. Claire's <laughs> face the whole time. Just like, ma'am, just turn around. It was so awkward. But they weren't inside, and Dave was like, oh, okay, guys, I'll see you later. And it's so awkward. And then turns a corner, and Donna and Cliff are right there. And I can very much understand David being upset here. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, like, they're exclusively together. And he tried to cheer her up this morning or even just comfort her and encourage her to maybe get some fresh air, things like that. And she doesn't and refuses. And now she looks like a ray of sunshine like she usually is. So I can absolutely understand why he would be upset. But I also think that Donna has earned the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he starts projecting some things onto her because... There has never in my life, and probably David's, been any concern that Donna is going to do something to hurt him. Mm -hmm. Like, intentionally or unintentionally. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And pretty immediately, like, she's upset that he's there and saw this, and she and Cliff tell him, like, 90% of the truth. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. she's like, I didn't know he was coming. Cliff was like, I didn't know she had a boyfriend when I got here. They ignore the, I'm going to call her tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. and this happening right here actually works out really well for me. Mm-hmm. But they they do essentially tell him the truth. And I think I'm just charmed by Cliff here because I my notes, I, I was like, Cliff comes in, he explains things, and it works immediately to kind of diffuse the situation. And he apologizes for his role in this thus far and offers to leave so that they can talk. He's like, I should leave so you guys can talk. I'm like, good guy, that Cliff. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like when David's like, no, no, you know, like David is unhappy and David goes to leave. I would have been like, well, Cliff, I mean, as long as you're still here. (laughs) Right. You want to come inside for some tea? Yeah, seriously. I have a Danish and some chocolates. (laughs) (laughs) And then have no remorse over the fact that it was David's chocolates and (laughs) Danish. Just like open the heart-shaped container and just like dump them into a bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, these are fresh. I baked them. <laughs> I baked the chocolates. Yeah. These taste just like Stouffer's chocolates. How did you do this? I got their recipe online. I mean, there's no internet here. There is, but it's not good. Um, Claire did it. Yeah. <laughs> just Claire did the internet for me. Claire like did the did the internet god that just shows you how ubiquitous and how so used to the internet we are to just be like yep internet no second thought (laughs) no wait do they can they no uh, (laughs) did recipe blogs exist i bet recipe blogs were honestly like the second thing the internet came up with and let's be real it was straight up just the recipe not when my husband is sick and with the flu and he really needs to pick me up, guess what I make him? Hash brown casserole. <laughs> so let's let's digress. He was born in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> and his mother used to make him hash brown casserole. <laughs> you can make this hash brown casserole using everything on my Amazon list. Right. Sponsored by Betty Crocker. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Here's the history of the potato. <laughs> Do you remember that potato famine blight in Ireland in the 1715 in the day? (laughs) (laughs) So do we. (laughs) I am 132nd Irish and I would like to dedicate this recipe to all of the people that died. If you'd like to donate to the potato blight. (laughs) 
It's too late. (laughs) (laughs) They're fine now. Then it's like five inches of ads, a little explanation of what you'll need to build the recipe, then the recipe. A pop-up of if you accept all these cookies, and then the recipe. But there's a huge (laughs) non-resized photo between every step, so have fun looking at this on your phone. Anyway, what were we even talking about? Well, we've technically gotten to like the end of the day with David and Donna. Mm -hmm. Because then we skip down like later in the day. Donna has, after her whole day date thing with Cliff, decided that she's going to go to the pee pad. And like Mm -hmm. she's got her hair all done up. She's in a really cute little red outfit. And David's got this like reserved table for them. (laughs) I love that like he is still like this 22-year-old like hurt guy. And he can't be like, here's our table sit down he has to be like by the way that seat's for me and not a firefighter which yeah a little savage there but like i get it i oh for sure i get it like i if i was still mad i definitely would make a comment like that i mean mm-hmm. then i would immediately feel bad but i would still make the comment which he does feel bad about he was like okay that was a bad joke i get it mm-hmm. but like you got to see where i'm coming from exactly exactly too bad it just escalates from there. Yep. Because by the time the show starts, Chloe is opening for Luther Vandross. We see like the exact same singing that she did the other day, which makes me think that they just never bothered to record anything else. It's literally like, I don't know, four measures of a song and some synthy piano and just you or whatever <laughs> it is at the very end. I don't remember the word, but it's like one word and mm. Some mm's. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, David is watching her. And Donna is watching David watch her. And then Kelly is like, Donna, I cannot help but notice that you're watching David watch this girl. And literally, like, Kelly says, you can't be jealous of her. She's a baby. And Donna goes, she's a hot baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's where Taylor Swift got sexy baby from, her <laughs> anti-hero. I got it. <laughs> it was so funny to me that Donna was just like, but she's hot. Which, to be fair, is David's weakness. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> like, we have been here before. We've literally been here with, like, hot music person that David cheats on Donna with. Exactly. They've already spent time together in David's, Mark's house. And, like, all that's necessary is more time. Mm-hmm. That's all that's necessary. Yeah. And, like, you can't. You know Donna is thinking, like, all it's going to take is they're going to spend some time together, and then she's going to, like, show some sexual interest, yes. and then I have to worry about David. Like Exactly. He just – I have faith that he's not going to do that to her, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he hasn't actually, like, proven that he's going to turn down sex from anybody. I know. I mean, literally, it happened – and I can't remember her name, Nikki. hmm And then it happened with Aaron? Ariel. No. Ariel. Aaron's his sister. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Yes. Uh, So it's literally happened twice, both times, while he was with Donna. This is like, yeah, it's it's not a great track record. And so, like, it's been years, but excuse us for being a little sus. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, at the end of the show, David's, like, really high about it. He wants to, like, no high like from Wrong things going well yes i heard i heard it when i said it but then he wants to buy donna a bottle of champagne and i just really needed her to be like i don't do that anymore like that's the thing he like wanted to bring her champagne i'm like david 
You trying to get her drunk? Also, you know her history was champagne. Pick another drink. <laughs> Literally anything. But he's so excited. He wants to go buy this bottle of champagne. But like Donna has just run out of social energy. Yeah. She's like, look, I, I did all the things. I'm so glad I got to see this show. But I'm really tired and I want to go home. And like, don't worry. I'll get a ride from Claire. And then it's like David can't help himself. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got to ask why didn't you get out of bed this morning for me, but you did for Cliff? Like, I did all these things for you. And then that just didn't work. No. And I do appreciate that he's trying to, like, be honest about, like, the fact that he's still hurt by it. It's clearly the wrong setting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need to do this here. Um, and could have done been done earlier. But I just... The response... David needed to accept and move on and maybe they revisit it later, Mm -hmm. not hear it, turn it into something else. Oh, here's this hot thing that I know Donna's jealous of. I'm going to rub this in her face because Donna's tired. Like he, the way he even says it is like, well, Donna's too tired. And I'm like, mean, so mean. Yeah. Well, and he like, right before that, he's like, oh, you were probably just trying to get rid of me before Cliff showed up Mm -hmm. as if like. She's been cheating on him. Yeah, or that she's ever even remotely shown any desire to cheat. Or any, not even desire, but any willingness to cheat mm. on him. Like, that's you, David. You're you're the cheater in this relationship, not me. So, I don't know what you're projecting here. Yeah, it is very much projecting. And it's, like, kind of classic David in a weird way like he's just being mean to Donna in a way I don't think he needs to be Mm -hmm. and I think he's doing it emotionally like I'm not even sure he's actually mad at Donna more than like mad at the situation because right I think current David and what we've seen in the past couple episodes like he would have been so excited that she got up she came to the pee pad and then as soon as she said she was tired, he'd be like, look, it means so much to me that you came to this thing for me. Exactly. Like, yes, he would have focused on that rather than focusing on stuff that he couldn't control. Mm-hmm. Right? But instead, it's Donna's tired. So, yes, I'll go out for a late bite with person Donna's jealous of. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, though. Cliff's in the peach pit. It's totally not on purpose to find Donna. God, when he was just sitting there and like he's out of focus and then suddenly is in focus, I'm like, oh, here we go. Let's go. Buckle up. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I loved it. And I loved that Claire and Kelly are just like talking about it. Yep. Like they're like, oh, what's going on over there? Mm -hmm. I also love that like they've all decided that men are pigs here at this table um, because of stuff that we'll talk about with Claire and Steve. And I don't necessarily think that Kelly like fully thinks men are pigs is just the situation Mm -hmm. and then of course the whole donna and david thing and so they're talking about how like it's solidarity sister almost and right when donna sees cliff and she's about to go over there claire's like don't forget men are pigs (laughs) knowing full well donna is not about to live up to that (laughs) yeah she's like oh not that one bye although kelly has made her intentions clear that she is fully team david yeah i kind of loved that that she was just like I want David. Yep. Yep. Love that. But yeah, Cliff acts down and out on a date. And realistically, this is completely based on how tonight went with David. Donna says yes. Yeah. I was like, um, Kay, 
Like, you guys are in an exclusive monogamous relationship. You can't just say yes to another guy. This, again, reminds me that they're young 22-year-olds mm-hmm. and not understanding that a fight is just a fight, not a breakup. Mm-hmm. If this isn't a we-were-on-a-break situation. And, yeah, I just don't understand. Like, I understand what they're doing. I don't approve. You know what it reminded me of at this point? Like... This reminds me of that cardio funk episode yeah. where Brenda goes out with the date from the guy in her cardio class and then Dylan spends all the time with um, the the surfer girl that we had met mm-hmm. so long ago that shows back up. And then they both just sit in Dylan's house and are like, I cheated on you. I cheated on you too. What does that mean? I don't know. Like that's what this feels <laughs> yeah. like. Is they're just like, why did we do this? I don't know. I do, like, now thinking back to the Dylan and Brenda thing, like, I do think there's some sort of connectedness that can come out of that, right? Because you, like, both acknowledge that you did this thing, but also you're like, I don't like that I did this thing to you, Mm -hmm. but you're also not mad at the other person for doing it to you because you did it to them. So I do think there could be some shared experiences that could happen from this. I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, I think, you know, we're seeing for the umpteenth time the Donna David wall just crump starting to crumble, mm. you know? Uh, so, yeah, what I want to come out of this is Donna and David to realize their own emotional maturity and, like, stop what they're doing and just go be with each other and, frankly, mm-hmm. maybe do, like, a couple couples therapy sessions sure. just to understand your emotions better. Yeah, and how to communicate with each other. Yeah, like, Donna needs therapy to deal with the trauma that she's mm-hmm. been through, just like David's in his therapy. And then, yeah, maybe do the couples thing just to, like – Learn better communication skills. Mm -hmm. I would also accept David and Cliff getting into an all-out knockout fight. (laughs) You mean Cliff one-punching David? (laughs) To be fair, we have seen David survive a punch, so maybe it would be like two punches, but yes. Good point, good point. (laughs) What if David was like, why do I keep getting punched? (laughs) Because you have a punchable face, David. (laughs) Guys, my chin is really starting to hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I think it was... The second time he came to the beach apartment, he had a little, like, five o'clock shadow, like, a uh-huh. little stubble going, and it was like, okay, I can see why Brian Austin Green was attractive. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. He's an like, attractive dude. He, like, hit me especially with, with the stubble. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Got me there. And, yeah, so I guess, you know, next week, Donna and David are dating each other and also other people, even though they're exclusive and in a monogamous relationship where they love each other. And did not make these rules, so we'll just see what happens. I guess so. Okay. Oh, gosh. We both cheated on each other. We have so much in common. (laughs) Shared interests. We're better than ever. Okay, Mary. What else happened this week? Steve is still hanging around with Dork, whose second favorite thing to pair with golf is pot for some reason. He convinces Steve to partake and even gives him a little extra for later. Steve is so excited to share with Claire, but Claire's like... What about me would ever make you think I like or want this? And gives Dork his scraggly little joint back. But Steve, being Steve, isn't a guy who listens. He sneaks off with Dork to smoke some more on Valentine's Day, making Claire mad some more. Like, Claire and Steve are going to break up. Yes. Very soon, right? Like, yeah. Man, and we were just praising them for, like, being so cute. But this is this is exactly what I'm thinking of, though, because they, like, last time they were so cute when they were doing... The house sitting, I guess that was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, but then Claire started having her doubts of like, 
okay, well, if we don't want to move in together, what does that mean about our relationship? True. Yeah. And then the next week, Steve's calling her sister and saying, our parents have sex. Oh, my God. You're right. You're right. But then, yeah, this is just like, I loved when she was like, what about me makes you think I'd be cool with this? Yeah. Like, do you, have you met me? I think she says, have you met me? God. And first of all, why did we get Dick Harrison? Yeah. I thought he why was gone. Get, yeah. Why did we get him back? Why can't we get months? Why couldn't this have been months who decided to have a joint? That would make so much more sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Claire went out with Dick when she was mad at Steve. Exactly. For being immature. So why are they bros now? Why can't we actually have a keg bro? Oh, and actually, when he kept saying, like, the only thing that's better with pot than golf is sex, I was just like, why do you know that? dick oh my god okay i totally misunderstood i thought he was like my favorite things to pair with golf are sex and marijuana (laughs) and i'm like you're fucking weird golf is not fun and doesn't go with anything (laughs) especially not sex (laughs) also i really 100 percent thought that dick was just hitting on steve Oh my yes. god, that would be so funny. Yeah, he like couldn't get Claire, so he tries to get Steve. Like, you know what goes really good with golf? Pot. Also sex. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> we should try both. What do you think? <laughs> Is that weird? Just, oh my god. Just smoke that a little bit. Yeah. And of course, like as soon as the word sex is mentioned, Steve just like, what? Okay. Yeah, like, he's like, let's do it. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't really do it, but, like, you can. Like, he was so cool about it at first. He was like, not my thing, not going to judge you. Sex, what? Never mind. I'll throw all of those things out the window for that. Yeah. And then, yeah, Claire gets really mad at him at the pee pad later, which insinuates Steve does not get to have pot and sex. No. No, 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 no. But also Dick's girlfriend or date or whoever was just like, I thought you stopped smoking pot, like, does he just get stoned and then, like, hang out with his girlfriend and presumably she doesn't recognize that he's stoned and it turns out he's a complete dick? <laughs> a complete dick, not a half dick. <laughs> not a dark name dick. <laughs> yeah, just that's the thing is, like, because, again, you know, the whole thing comes down later, like, when Steve actually does partake and he smells like it and Claire smells it on him. How does Dick's date not smell him regularly if this is... Yeah, that's confusing. Also, did you get sprayed by a skunk again? <laughs> <laughs> this is just my cologne, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like it? It's French. <laughs> it's French. I still have a whole bottle. I got to keep wearing it. I'm sorry. It's all natural. I don't know what to tell you. I also really loved that when Steve went out and Dick pressures him into smoking more pot. At the pee pad? Yeah. Yeah. You don't actually see Steve smoking pot. No. It's behind Dick's shoulder. They very cleverly do the over the shoulder and he's just like leaning down and his mouth, he looks suddenly like Wilson, the neighbor from Home Improvement. You never (laughs) see his face. I love it. So good. Also, Dick lit it for him, didn't he? I think he did. He's yeah, so he flirting. He's a hundred percent flirting. Yeah, he's just trying to break up Steve and Claire at this point. He saw Claire get so pissed, and he was like, "I can get in here. This, this is, is my, my opening." <laughs> I feel like okay. What if it started out he's trying to get Claire back, but then he just fell in love with Steve? Oh my god! Yeah, and he's like, "Tonight you go on a date with your girlfriend, but tomorrow I'm gonna call." <laughs> Yes, they end up at the pee pad or the peach pit at the end of the night, agreeing on plans tomorrow. Eating pie, you know they're gonna have the munchies. Oh, for sure. Dick is counting on it. 
Yeah, and like all, other than that, it's just Claire being really pissed at Steve over and over again. Yeah. Um, but I feel like so it's kind of perfect that we've talked about these stories in this order because these two stories really feel high school to me. Like if we went back to season three and did Steve mm. tries pot and girlfriend gets mad at him and yeah. Donna and David temporarily cheat on each other with other people, totally fits. Totally agree. And I got to admit, like, this was not a good episode for Claire. No. Like, for as much as we love her, she sucked this episode. Yeah. The part where she talks about how Valentine's Day is just a capitalist plot. And they're like, oh, well, at least Steve got you flowers. And she was like, no, because he said he knew I wouldn't like them. But I wanted him to get them for me. Yeah. Like, what kind of mind games are that? Like, I know women do that a lot when they're just like, well, I told you not to get it for me. And what they really meant is that they wanted it. But... This was like taking it that step further where it's like, yeah, it's entirely believable that Claire would think it's a capitalistic plot, you know, against or in the floral industry or whatever she says to actually mean it and not want it Mm -hmm. instead of just being like, no, please don't get me that. I don't want it. And then get it and be happy about it. Just like, girl, flowers pretty. Yeah. I'm mad. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Claire wasn't great this episode she really wasn't which is another like i don't know they've they've not really given claire and steve a lot to do lately which makes me think that they're out of things for them to do so that maybe claire's just gonna leave or Mm -hmm. maybe like maybe this is the beginning of steve being addicted to pot like somebody saw reefer madness and was just like we can do that we can do that and who better than steve he hasn't been addicted to anything yet, except maybe sex and girls. But, you know, that's just guys. Yeah, they're just like, okay, well, that one's been addicted. That one's been addicted. That one was just stopped twice, so we can't do her. Yeah. <laughs> All we have left is Steve. Steve is just addicted to making bad choices. Yes, he, he is. He really is. I mean, he has freely admitted that and yet done nothing to stop it. True. Although he has been, like, good as of late. Until now. Yeah, until now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've been... Praising him, kind of knowing that the sh- the other shoe was going to drop. And I, yeah. There it is. I literally feel like Steve's motto or like Steve's entire personality is great until something else. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like great guy. Well, until something else happens. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Anyway. What else happened this week? Is it a tradition to jog before 8 a.m. on Valentine's Day? Because Kelly is really adamant that Tom be a morning person for her. Unfortunately, Val also needs Tom to be a morning person because Val's mom, Abby, is on her way into town. Val tried to tell Tom sooner, but he's been so busy with Kelly. Even though Kelly's mad about it, Tom decides to meet Val because why go running when you could be a good friend? Val and Abby have had a strained relationship since the death of Val's dad. This isn't helped by the fact that Abby only seems to show up in Val's life when she needs something, like a signature on these papers so she can take out another mortgage on Val's childhood home. Except something happened in that house that made Val hate it and her dad and her mom for standing by her dad, and Abby is either clueless or in complete denial about it. But anyway, Abby has to be in San Francisco tomorrow for some conference, so she'll be back next week to hash all this out. Val isn't coping super well with this situation. You can tell because she's honest with Kelly about her relationship with Tom, and Kelly believes her. Kelly breaks up with Tom, finally admitting she was really only hanging out with him because it made Val mad, and it turns out cute, bland, tall, brown hair was just the icing on the cake after all. (laughs) 
Val and Tom share a little Valentine's Day dance and uh, a little of that specific dysfunctional brand of love that they have for each other. I mean, I really like Tom. Like, yes, tall, bland, brown-haired man is mine. Like, he's, I love him. He's um, the everyman version of Stuart. Stuart. <laughs> like, think about it. Like, without money, Stuart is Tom. Because Stuart was also in construction, right? Like, technically. I technically. Mean, not like, I'm going to build this with my bare hands construction, but I'm going to oversee the people that do. I'm going to watch somebody else build that. <laughs> yeah. But still, same industry. Like, he's Stuart. No, I, I also, like, nothing made me happier than Kelly showing up, like, so bright-eyed and ready to go jogging. And he was just like, did I know we were doing this? I thought he was sick. I did, too. I thought he had the flu. Yeah, because he, like, came to the door with his shoulders all up to his ears and, like, putting his hands around his arms. I'm like, Tom, are you having a fever right now? You know, that's not the only reference to it being really cold in this episode Mm, yeah so i wonder if like there's gonna be like a freak snowstorm or something coming up like they just like throw in little things like last episode brandon mentioned a valentine's day party which didn't happen he didn't throw a valentine's day party but there was a valentine's day party right 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 and at the end of the episode with brandon and tracy that we'll get to yeah Mm -hmm. and like brandon's like chilly (laughs) oh my god it's so cold out here get a t-shirt also a t-shirt yeah like that's gonna make you cold i mean warmer like no. she seemed fine in bed brandon yeah like stay under the covers <laughs> but it doesn't matter that's we're not there yet. we're not there yet also he wants coffee and kelly's like caffeine's bad for you and i was just like kelly fight me also you are on speed <laughs> like sorry <laughs> but from now on, if Kelly ever has a cup of coffee, I'm going to be like, caffeine's bad for you. Yeah, right? God, if caffeine... Well, I know it is kind of bad for you, but like if it was... In moderation, it's not bad for you. Sure. And we all know most of us don't do that. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm drinking a soda right now and I had coffee for breakfast. So like, <laughs> I understand. I know I'm bad. I don't care. I'm offended that she said coffee. <laughs> caffeine is bad for me. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, like then the phone rings and... He, you know, uses it to get out of jogging, but, like, Val also looks terrible. Yes, she did. She, like, at first, you know, Kelly's side of it is like, oh, Val just happens to need you Mm -hmm. right now. How convenient. But then, like, yeah, you see Val's side of it and you hear her voice. I was like, no, she needs him. Yeah. And it is interesting, you know, because Val, I think, I don't know if Kelly says it in this scene, but she's basically just like, no, Valerie doesn't need anyone. She uses people, but she definitely doesn't need them. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely actually think that she needs Tom. Like she, he is the only person connected to her past and Mm -hmm. not even just like distant past, like with the Walsh family, like recent past. And clearly, as we found out earlier this season, he knows something about her family, specifically her father's death that we don't Mm -hmm. um and so yeah the fact that he is willing to drop everything um granted he didn't want to jog but he did want to spend time with kelly Mm -hmm. and go to her aid that's interesting to me yeah well and especially because he knows their relationship and knows that there's like some stuff between them that he knows this isn't just valid using this to get him away from kelly absolutely i also really love that, you know, Kelly's saying all this stuff of like, yeah, Val doesn't need people 
And he says, no, she needs me right now. And Kelly asks him what's going on and he won't tell her. Yeah. I was like, that is something that does not happen in this friend group. Everyone yep. tells everyone everyone's business. Yep. This is good that he was just like, you're going to have to trust me that she needs me. Well, and I think too, that still opens the door for Tom to tell Kelly eventually if he gets permission from Val mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe not permission, so to speak, but like if it really... Tom can tell Kelly that her mom's in town. Yeah. Tom can't tell Kelly why. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Two different things. But yeah, I, I find that really, really interesting that Tom knows all this dynamic, but yet still chooses the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we like Tom. I love Tom. Yeah, we like Tom. Yeah, and like we get a little more on the Val side of things that she asks Tracy and Brandon if one of them can pick her mom up at the airport. She's like, I can't even spend an hour in the car with this woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we also find out because Brandon somehow like accidentally volunteers himself for this. And then Tracy says like, oh, yeah, Val told me about her dad's suicide. Like, I think she wants girlfriends. Mm -mm. I loved it. I loved it. I was like, oh, my God. What I love most about it is that it's so non-judgmental from Tracy's side. She's mm -hmm. very much just like, I think she just needs a friend. And I'm just trying to be that for her. I love that. Like, there's no, like, there's no calling out of her baggage. There's mm -hmm. no, you know, pity on her situation. It's just, I think she acts like this because she needs people. And I would like to be that person for her. I love it. I love it. And I just... It fills me, like, so much warmth in my heart of the idea that maybe, like, Trace is getting more comfortable being at Casa Walsh and coming down in the morning and seeing yeah. Val and just, like, having a little coffee date with her in the morning. Oh, God, I love that. Man, that reminds me when my best friend Megan used to live here, and it was, like, because Nate's here, too, and so I had my best friend and my boyfriend at the time in the same place. It was incredible. If I went downstairs first, Megan was always up because she was a morning person. I just like watch TV with her in the morning and it would be great. And then my boyfriend comes down and it's like, what more could I ask for? <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Then we got married and she couldn't live with us anymore. It's fine. Now she's in Colorado. <laughs> oh my God. We miss you, Megan. Yeah. Come back. Oh, man. And anyway. Val, like, we end up getting to the pee pad where, like, Val looks honestly just awful. Like, yeah. she looks so stressed out about the idea of her mom being here. And I love Tom being like, I'm not going to let her ruin anything. Because Val is just like, her being here is going to ruin my life. Yeah, she's just so stressed out. Just the mere thought. She's like, why today? Like, mm -hmm. why on Valentine's Day did she have to come here? And why did she just tell me about it last night? And then Val says that her mom blames her for her dad's death. And then we cut over to Val's mom and Brandon in his car where mom, which I don't think I wrote her name down a single time in this episode. Abby. Abby. I, I didn't write it down until somebody says Abby. And it was like in... It was Steve, I think, is the like first time the I heard it. Yes. The episode too. It was. Yes. <laughs> yep. As soon as he said it, I was like, have we heard her name? Or have I just been like ignoring it and I writing Val's mom? I remember hearing it in a previous episode like way early on Cindy said it but like I never remembered it I like I didn't know it was Abby I couldn't remember that until the end of the episode when Steve says it yeah I just kept writing Val's mom and I was like this is taking so long but if I look up the name then like yeah I, it's gonna like be weird to me that I didn't organically learn the name mm -hmm. but 
we cut over to Abby and Brandon in his car where she's just like, oh, I'm disappointed that Val didn't come. She blames me for her father's death. Just openly. I was like, I wonder why she didn't want to come pick you up, Abby. <laughs> right? She's just going to talk all about it and you're trapped in a tin can for an hour at least. Yeah, I – as soon as she opened her mouth, I was like, maybe it's because, like, I align more as the daughter in the situation because I'm not a mom, yeah. but I already don't like you either. Yeah, I mean, it was tough. It's – it's like, having a strained relationship like that where neither of you necessarily want to be around you, but the reasons for one wanting to be around the other is only to talk about the reason the other doesn't want to be around you. Like, that's too complicated. It's mm-hmm. too much. Yeah. Yeah, and Abby convinces Brandon to take her straight to the pee pad to mm-hmm. surprise Val again. That which she is doesn't like, want. Yeah, which is making it worse. And when Tom's there too, because he works there, and Val's like, hey, mom, you remember Tom? She talks down to him. She acts like Emily Gilmore, and she's like, oh, Thomas. She may as well have called, and to- to- called him Thomas. It was so weird. She was like, oh, I remember Tom. You've had a lot of jobs. Yeah, like what that is backhand slang again i'm thinking of the episode i've mentioned it before gilmore girls when emily re-meets luke and calls his diner rustic and like do you want another beer luke like that sticks out in my head forever that is what abby did here it's exactly what abby did here and like tom takes it in such stride he's just Mm -hmm. like let me show you around the peach pit after dark let me get you away from your daughter who hates you. Freaking love Tom, man. I love Tom. <laughs> and it opens up this amazing moment between mm-hmm. Val and Brandon mm-hmm. where she's like, how could you bring her here? And she says, she says to Brandon, she goes, she's got an ulterior motive. I just haven't figured out what it is yet. And Brandon goes, oh, like mother, like daughter. And Val just turns and goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say to me? He's like, um, pretty sure that's how most people see you, Val. Uh, yeah <laughs> like brandon could not know the dynamics between mother and daughter but i was like just shh, close your mouth walk I away know. this is not the time and i do love val being like well there's a reason that i'm the way i am and you should ask my mother why that is she always has to have the last word and her last word is always wonderful so. it was so good <laughs> <laughs> i just nothing when she just turns to me and goes what <laughs> i had to stop i was dying I love I love when scripts sound like real life for once and that was a moment where it felt like a genuine reaction. And yeah. Like I'm nothing like her. Wait. God. And yeah, and so finally like the next scene we see of Val is at the Walsh house and this is a moment where Valerie and Abby finally actually get to talk. And they kind of start things off like nice. They both mm. actually say the words I'm sorry to each other. And I was like, whoa, are we about to get an apology from a mom? Yeah. I was <laughs> like, what is, is this growth? Is this good? Uh, right. And then immediately she's like, okay, good. We're good. Right. Like we're good. Sign this. And it's a second mortgage to the house. She says like, you own half the house. I almost had an aneurysm. I was like, why does a child own half a house? I yeah I was like does Val pay part of the mortgage right she said she owns the house and that this is a second mortgage so I was like okay are you paying the full mortgage are you making Val pay part of the mortgage which it seems pretty clear seconds later that Val would never do that right right and like why would her dad leave her half of a house I don't know and I mean I guess like 
you know, at, like when you're a parent and you make a will, you're assuming that you're going to be around for a long time. So by mm-hmm. the time you actually do pass away, what's in the will that gets bequeathed down to the kids, it's not even really like yours anymore. Like mm-hmm. it is, but you, you know, presuming you're just giving it to your child. I don't know. We know nothing about Val's dad, but yeah, it's still what it is. And so now she has half a house and her mom has the other half. You would assume the deed would just go to the mom. And then when she no longer is able to take care of the house, then it would pass to Val. Yeah. It seems to insinuate that like, I guess when they bought the house, the mom and the dad put both their names on it. And then when he died, he gave his half to Val instead of her mom, right? right. which like could maybe be part of the issues between the two of sure. them. I really don't know. But, like, Val gets pissed. So mad. Like, she tells her mom that she wished that house burned to the ground and that she hated the house. She hated her dad. She hated her mom for standing by her dad. And I need to know what he did. Right? I literally wrote down that quote. And then I was like, shit, man, what happened? Right? Like, my my initial thought, because this has all been, like, money conversations, was that he did some sort of embezzling mm. or, like, super financial cheating of some kind but like then I thought okay but that's what Dylan's dad did so would they repeat that story so I feel like I'm back to square one well now I'm trying to think like if it's money related to could it be a gambling situation because I remember in Las Vegas when David was Mm. manic she didn't react great about it and she was like come on let's stop Mm mm-hmm so I don't know. I don't know. We need yeah. to know. I want to know. Yeah. Or like, you know, with all the things that Val has come up against where she's been really uncomfortable, like it mm-hmm. could be any of those or it could be something completely different. Yeah, and I just sure. don't know. I mean. Yeah. I really hope it's not like what I'm thinking in my mind, worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. But that's always how my brain works. So. It, well, and to be fair, like you have already seen this. So you might true. actually remember what it is. And like. Oh, that's your, true. Your brain is trying to like. <laughs> Be like, no, it's this. You know what it is. Stop talking. Yeah, my brain <laughs> constantly forgets that I've seen this show in its entirety before. So, yeah, makes me scared that you're like, oh, yeah, my brain goes to worst case scenario. I think I know what it is. I'm like, you do? <laughs> hey, I did an excellent job with the Evan storyline. I did not you let did an excellent anything job. go. <laughs> no, the show let it go. It was not you. True, true, true. But like it keeps this kind of thing keeps happening where Val's mom seems completely oblivious to Val's feelings, even though Val has been so completely open Mm -hmm. about them. Mm -hmm. Like she was like, I'm not going to come pick you up from the airport. Brandon's going to come pick you up from the airport. I don't want you to come to the pee pad while I'm working. I'll see you later. I don't want to sign your mortgage. I hope your house burns to the ground. Right. And then her mom comes up to her at the pee pad. Hey, honey, you've done <laughs> such a great job. Like, yeah. And woman. She's literally like, what did I ever do to you? <laughs> I do really love that Val is just like, this is not the time or place, mother. Agreed. Yeah. And then so we find out that mom is leaving for a conference, but she'll be back next week. And Val walks away again. And... <laughs> We cut to, like, the next time we see Val, she is in the bathroom crying, Mm. like, over the sink, like, looking at herself in the mirror. And if there's anything I've ever related to, it's like, sometimes you just can't stop looking. You're like, 
why am I crying so much? Oh my God. And like you're trying to will yourself so badly to stop, but then your eyes have already gotten red and you're like, crap, no, 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 no. And then it just... You've got like all the eye makeup. Yes. You're like, I need to make sure I'm not like... Puffy, yeah. like smudgy. Yeah, God. Oof. But like she's in the bathroom crying and Kelly walks in and sees her and like thankfully is just like, are you okay? Yeah. I love this scene. I loved it so much. For many reasons. Number one, let's um, just uh, not brush over the fact that Here and Now is still playing. And mm -hmm. you can hear it. So I'm just going to chalk that up to we need more sexual tension between these two. And we're moving on. <laughs> Second thing, yeah, the fact that Kelly's like, I hate her, but I'm a human. And I noticed another human having a hard time. So I'm going to ask her if she's all right. Not that I care, <laughs> you know? Yeah, she well, I mean, she says something about that where she's like, oh, I'm actually, like, pretty glad you're upset, but I'm still going to ask. Exactly. But I love it because Val is, like, really serious with her about how she feels about Tom, and Kelly turns around and is like, you're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, Val has said things to Kelly before, <clears throat> cough, faking pregnancy. Oh, my God. That, like, Kelly would be wary of every yes. single thing that Val does. And has caught her in a lie many yeah. times. Yeah. It is valid that Kelly would hate Val and be sus of her. Yes. But then she turns around and sees her with this face and she's like, oh my God, you're being serious. Yeah. She's like, you're a good actor, but you're not that good. You know, like mm -hmm. I can, I can read my bullshit meter with you is pretty good. This seems real. And it's interesting, too, because, like, Val's really pleading her case here, not for Tom in a romantic way, but just, like, I'm trying to let you know that he is my connection to my past. He is my connection to my family. He might as well be my family. So if you're just doing this to be a bitch to me, like, please just stop. But if you actually love him, fine, whatever. Mm. And I love that she was that honest about it, you know, like... She knows Kelly does stuff to mess with her because she does stuff to mess with Kelly. Mm -hmm. But she's like, if you really love him, like that was such a like actually good person thing to say of, to be like, if you really love him, I'll accept it. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's fine. I'll step out of the way. But I kind of need him. I don't know. I just got like good warm fuzzies from Val and I don't usually. <laughs> yeah, it's like. When she said the whole, like, I'll back away, I was yeah. like, I don't think you will, but that's okay. But, like, this was such an honest moment between mm -hmm. the two of them. And yeah. maybe because, like, even Kelly sees that she's telling the truth. Maybe she is. Yeah. But I was just like, I feel like you're vulnerable in this moment. And maybe, like, a month after your mom leaves, you're going to remember how much you hate Kelly and want to do something about it. For sure. But I really love that Kelly walks away from this, goes to see Tom, and is just like, we can't do this anymore. Like, yeah. I have to be honest. I did start seeing you because I wanted to piss off Al, and I don't feel good about how that came around. And he's even like, hang on, so you, like, never had feelings for me? And she's like, well, no, 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 I definitely do. I just can't do that. Like, again, sometimes they're so emotionally mature, and I love those moments. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, I don't know. I know that the more interesting thing is to like pipe up drama, but sometimes the most interesting thing is the realness of it all. And so th these conversations, the bathroom conversation, this conversation between Kelly and Tom, even when we talked about last episode with Kelly and Tom outside and Tom's just like, or when Kelly's like, is that good enough? And he's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like 
that stuff is is fascinating to me because it shows like there actually are people out there that can feel their feelings and still be upfront about it and the other person can accept it for what it is and not have this like swinging pendulum of like I hate you no I love you I hate you I don't want to hear it you know like all this kind of stuff so yeah well and like think about how Kelly has changed over this episode because Mm -hmm. earlier in the day where like Tom didn't go jogging with her so she went home and she's like angrily scratching on her notes Mm-hmm. And she was like, just because I don't want to marry the guy doesn't mean I can't have fun with him to Claire, right. who is basically saying the same thing Val does, but like not in this emotional way. Yeah. And then, yeah, after Val does that, Kelly goes to Tom and it's like, it's not that I don't like you. It's just I'm not in love with you. And so I can't do this. Yeah. Like she that's like, that's great to see. It is. It's almost like she took her own medicine, you know, like she heard what she said to her own self earlier and was like wait, that's not right, is it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, ugh. and this just opens the door for other drama. So, like, we got to see this realness, and then we're going to get the other drama. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited for that. I know. But, yeah, like, the night ends with Tom telling Val that he's single and on the rebound. But then they have that, like, really cute little dance. But, yeah, when it starts on the rebound, I was like, this is a weird love. It's so weird. <laughs> And and when Tom's like, the past three years, I've been trying to forget you. Number one, could be taken so badly. Yeah. <laughs> and then Val's just like, well, did it work? And he's like, nope. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, that conversation started because she was like, I forgot how nice this is. Right? He's like, I never forgot you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying. <laughs> God. They're, they're so weird and I love them. I know. It's great. Like, I love Tom. Yeah. Oh, man. I gotta admit, I mean, y'all know my memory is poor when it comes to this show. It's terrible. I forgot all about Tom. I remembered Valerie's mom. Didn't remember her name, but I remembered her. I remembered her coming back into the picture. Completely forgot about Tom. I mean, I already forgot. Would you call him tall, bland, and brown-haired? Yeah. (laughs) Just a tall, blandly attractive, brown-haired man. I mean, let's be real. Like, whenever I watched this, I was, like, in late high school, early college. So maybe that brain just wasn't into Tom. I was into, like, Cliff, probably. (laughs) I mean, fair. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also, like, I've sent you all those screenshots. I'm sure you've seen them yourself. When you Google any of the brown-haired men and just look at Google images, it's just all the brown-haired men. Yes. And then you get, like, a grid of, like, nine guys that look virtually identical. Yep. That's a good point. It's just hard. They just didn't try and make bland, brown-haired men look any different from each other. (laughs) Oh, man. But are we ready to talk about the last bit of drama and the most amazing moment? Yes, please. Mary, you want to tell us about it? So Tracy and Brandon have a nice little Valentine celebration in bed. After which, Brandon's like, grab a shirt from my drawer and I'll grab us a drink. Unfortunately, Brandon keeps the ring he proposed to Kelly with in his t-shirt drawer, and Tracy finds it, thinking he meant for her to, especially when Brandon comes back in the room with champagne and two glasses. Brandon doesn't get a chance to explain before Tracy says yes, but we get a flash of realization right before the episode just ends. Okay, and I do want to preface this with over breakfast, 
Tracy asked what Brandon was getting her for Valentine's mm-hmm. Day, and he was like, I'm taking you to see Luther Vandross. Is that not enough? Which, first of all, you're taking her to the pee pad. Y'all go there all the time. That's different. Yes. But I love her response of, it's Valentine's Day. Nothing is enough. <laughs> she was just like, I want things. <laughs> Give me things. She's so funny. She's very funny. And I love that, like, Tracy's like, I yeah, flowers and candy's fine, but, like, I want something special. You know, like something that's unique to me, which that I get. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be just another generic person in your life. I want to be somebody that's worth something special. Mm -hmm. And yeah. First of all, this was the first time Luther Vandross was mentioned in the episode. And I was like, Luther Vandross. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. When you told us that this wasn't on streaming, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be like a jazz festival I've never heard of or something Mm -hmm. like that. But like this season, they've kind of upped it. And so I've been excited. Me too. But yeah, like she thinks he takes it very seriously because like they're in bed and he says he got her something special, but first I'm going to go get a drink. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, he does the like, ooh, it's so chilly here. Go get a t-shirt. Like everything that she thinks makes perfect sense. Agreed. But then she pulls it out. And just tells him yes, which also they have not dated that long. He hasn't even, well, he may have said I love you to her, but we haven't heard that. I think, I don't remember how many weeks ago it was that they finally admitted that they like each other, but it's only been like two weeks since they said I love you. I mean, it's February and the semester started in January, January, presumably. And so they went on that ranch trip. Yeah, they, they became official Super Bowl weekend when they banged it out on the... That's right. Wheat or whatever. <laughs> the wheat. The hay. The hay. <laughs> and then she said, I love you, like a week or two later, and yep. then he whispered something into something. her ear. We actually have never actually heard Brandon say, I love you, which nope. I think the show is doing on purpose. Same here, because she's not Susan. Yep, and she's not Kelly. Yeah, I true. really think those three words were, let's get pie. Right? Like, I want to bang. Yeah. Like, so many possibilities here. Yeah. But she pulls out this ring, and she says yes, and he's just like, I didn't ask a question? (laughs) And then she holds it up, and she's like, this is why you wanted me to go in your t-shirt drawer, right? And then his face just freezes. The face. The The face face was everything. I loved everything about that face. It was so perfect. And then they gave us a flashback that I definitely did not need. No. I promise you I know whose ring that is. Mm-hmm. And then Tracy doesn't see the flashback because that's in TV world, but she sees the face and she's like, oh, this isn't for me, is it? Also, was Brandon's special gift champagne? That's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> that sucks, Brandon. <laughs> like, no, his special gift was his dick. Yeah. <laughs> His dork, you mean. <laughs> this one might get a uh, dirty rating. rating. Yeah, this might get an explicit rating. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got Luther Vandross. That's He's right. Getting that sexual tension going. That song is sexy. Like, I don't even know what the lyrics are. I like, I can't even listen because his voice is just so smooth. I'm just so like, smooth. Just, you could read the phone book to me. Yes. I should listen, but... I mean, just say the word alphabet over and over again, and I'm going to love it. <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> and then his, like, back upstairs, alphabet, alphabet. <laughs> like, okay, now I'm looking at the lyrics, because I just need to make sure that, you know, this is, like, appropriate for Kelly and Val. Um, 
<laughs> not Brandon and Tracy. Not any other actual couple. <laughs> the couple we want. I'm just saying the couple they played the song over was Kelly and Val. Not anybody else. So I'm just saying. Somebody in the writer's room was like, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but Cliffy. Cliffy. Cliffy for the ages. I, seriously, I want nothing more than the next episode to open up on the exact same scene where Brandon mm. has that face and mm-hmm. she's just like, who is this ring for, yep. Brandon? Yep. Make him say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And say it out loud. <laughs> Vampire. <laughs> you sparkle in the sunlight. Why do I always come back to Twilight quotes? Everything comes back to Twilight. <laughs> recently <laughs> hop on spider monkey oh my god <laughs> i hate it so much it's so great it's so dumb oh man but no for real like he needs to say this is meant for kelly and... yeah well and then I, I i can't even imagine how tracy's actually going to respond to this because mm-hmm. like sometimes she takes charge for herself. Yeah. And then sometimes she's like, this is weird and I have to walk out the store right now. Bye. True. Yeah. Is she going to be like um, flustered, Tracy? Or like, no, I'm powerful, Tracy. And then what's going to happen when she finds out Kelly's single right now? Oh, boy. Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. It's going to be so good. Oh. Do you have a quote of the week? I think so. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Okay. I don't have a lot that I wrote down. So um, I have Tracy talking to Brandon where she goes, it's Valentine's Day. Nothing is enough. That's a good one. I'm going to skip Dick and Steve because I don't care. Uh, When Val is talking to Brandon and he goes, like mother, like daughter, and she goes, What? That's that's very high up there. And then the last one, when Val's mom is like, what did I ever do to you? And Val just goes, this is not the time or place, mother. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all I got. I have one, I think, worth mentioning. And it is uh, Brandon in the last scene just going, Trace, um. Yes. Okay, <laughs> I didn't write that down, but like. That was a moment of superior acting and trash acting all in one. His actual utterance of the words, Trace, um, great. His reaction afterwards, terrible. Because it was like he lost the face. The face was perfect. Then he spoke. Then the face got lost. You needed the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The face meant, like, the face had a thousand words for the two he said. It's like he, it's like they cut or something and he, yeah, anyway. Yeah. He, like, forgot how to move his muscles in the exact same way he just did. Yes. Well, because what's so funny about Jason Priestley's face, not funny in a bad way, like, interesting funny, is that, like, he does this very, like, almost hunched over wide-eyed look really well. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, like, and, and he just lost it for whatever reason. It's like he got distracted, and then he's like, oh, I gotta do this thing. I don't remember how. <laughs> yeah, I noticed he was hunched over. I was like, this is his, like, shocked face. Is he just, like, loses his posture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I do have a quote of the week, but I actually didn't write it down. Okay. I know it's confusing, but my whole quotes quotes of the week is when Luther Vandross was oh my talking God. about being a patient of Mel's. 
I totally meant to bring that up because that was wild to me. They're like, he's a fan of David's father. And I was like, the dentist? <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, David, tell your dad we're even. <laughs> and then oh, everyone what? just laughs. I was like, oh, my God. I bet Luther Vandross, like, is not a fantastic actor. And so they just gave him this one thing and it's just forced laughter. And they're like, I'll take you to your dressing room now. Right? Like, okay, Mr. Vandross, let's go. <laughs> let's get you home, Grandma. You said your thing. Shoo. <laughs> Be gone. I loved it so much. Like, of all the connections they could have made. Yeah, and they're like, Mel fixed his tooth and you never even sent a bill. And I was like, Luther Vandross can afford to pay for this. Also, Luther, you probably didn't see the bill. You have people for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I imagine Luther was probably just like, did I ever pay that bill? I must not have. Mm-hmm. And then, like, his whoever manages insurance is like, oh, we paid that bill. Yeah, right? You hit your deductible real fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was so dumb. <laughs> Oh my loved God. it. I loved it. What about you, Mary? Okay, so moment of the week is 100% just Kelly's love-hate, love-to-hate Val, like, obsession, where it's just love all over again. Yes. Um, Just her talking to um Tom, where she's just like, Val doesn't need anyone. She just uses people. Why? What's going on? Tell me everything. <laughs> I don't trust her. <laughs> but just... um. The fact, like, just, yeah, that thing that happens when you really don't like someone, but you're, like, almost obsessed with everything they do so you can hate them some more. Mm -hmm. Because every time you hear about them, you get, like, a little dopamine hit of just, like, yes, what did they do? 100%. What's going on with them? Let me be mad. But it's, like, 100% just a love thing at this point. Absolutely. You're, like, reveling in their despair. Like, any chance that you get to hear them have a worse day than you is just, like, the serotonin that you need or mm-hmm. dopamine, whatever it is. The adrenaline. All the things. The yep. endorphins. All whatever. of the above. <laughs> so much chemical reactions going on. And you just have to hear about it. You can't, like, move away from it. Exactly. Yep. It's like a train wreck. You can't look just away. That obsession. God. I love it so much, and I just want them to fall in love. It's right? so perfect i'm glad i'm not the only one no they have so much chemistry so much i, I truly wonder if tiffany Thiessen and jenny garth like hate each other or not in real life Ooh. i oh, need I to know. know i bet there's some commentary out there somewhere i mean jenny garth has a podcast about this show but right. i've never listened to it i listened to like 15 minutes of one episode and it just wasn't really for me they mm-hmm. weren't really talking about they got distracted a lot. And I know pot, meat, kettle, like we get distracted <laughs> all the time. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. No, I agree. There's there's some episodes of podcasts that like just don't vibe. Like I mm-hmm. love uh, recap podcasts and there are some that like I've listened to half of a season of and just been like, mm, I don't need to listen to this anymore. Mm-hmm. It just happens. But it doesn't happen here because we're amazing. And what's next week's episode? <laughs> Full stop. Uh, next week's episode, season seven, episode 20. With this ring. Hey, we're going to get it. <laughs> like, it has to. It has to come back just on that same face of Brandon's of just, like, I can explain. Yep. And then Tracy just being like, this is Kelly's, isn't it? Yep. And, like, she's, like, super, like, confident Tracy for a minute and then just, like, completely loses and it's like, I have to get out of here. I have to leave. And he's like, we can talk about this. And she says no. And then she sees Kelly, like, the next day and just completely refuses to talk to her. And then Brandon has to admit to Kelly that he kept the ring. Yep. And then yep. there's going to be a whole conversation of like, remember that book that we're both in? We hit the chapter yet? We hit the page? Oh, are we gearing up for getting 
Kelly and Brandon back together. Oh my god! And then if Kelly's the one that has to be in the house coming down every morning for coffee and a jog when Val is there, Val's there. Oh my god! Our heads will explode. Oh my god! My best friend and my girlfriend are in the same place. My boyfriend and my girlfriend both live in this house. (laughs) Wow! 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 Okay, we'll find out next week. I can't wait. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to Podcast. You can also send us an email with any of your thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast apps and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all of your friends, family, all that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and then we can give y'all a better product. And if you give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really love you. So... Until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, my boyfriend plays golf. I'm the most depressed. I gotta go get a double order of peach pie a la mode. I literally don't know what to say. Bye! Bye! See ya!